Thanks for joining episode three of Beans and Gravy, down to the wire. We had a fantastic end to the regular season of Moneyball. Three teams fighting out for one playoff spot. We're going to break down all the key matchups, unveil how it finished, and talk about the playoffs for next week. We'll also have a special guest, the Commish, breaking down our league and his thoughts. Hop in the pool. Water feels great. Happy Labor Day from Veans and Gravy, episode three, down to the wire, engaged, Moneyball League, wrapping up the regular season. We had a super exciting finish to the season. We're going to break it down for you. Uh, we're also going to take a peek at the playoff matchups, the first round, what that looks like, and just a, a really Exciting finish to the season. Uh, my co-host, Jeff Gravy Graves. What's your thoughts, man? <laughs> ah, so funny you say happy Labor Day and exciting finish. I'll tell you one thing for your boy. It was pretty goddamn awful. Uh, Labor Day, I want to forget. Um, Grant making an improbable run here, snatching uh, that final sixth spot. Um, all week long, I have been you know, punching in the numbers each day, like who, who's got how many wins, who's got how many losses, ties, whatever. I was sitting, that sixth spot was mine up until yesterday morning and everything flipped. You look at Grant's matchup with Shaw, that kind of turned around. Mine with Jake stayed stagnant, lost a couple points here the last couple of days. Just what, what an awful weekend. Great weekend for six guys that made it, awful weekend for the eight other guys. So let's let's level set that a little bit. So Last pod, we kind of broke down three key matchups to watch. And really what, it, really what it boiled down to was the, the number one seed and the number two seed were, were pretty locked in. And we felt confident that three, four, and five were probably in. And we were really eyeing that number six seed. And it came down to really three people that were fighting that out. Uh, we had your team. Uh, we had Grant's team uh, and we had Vito's team. And, and there was some variety of momentum that was happening on, on kind of where we felt those matchups would go. But so walk us through that. I know that you were kind of on the, on the grounds of, of the battle. Let's walk through that kind of matchup, start to finish where we were at uh, between those three, those three key matchups to see who was going to get that six space, six yeah, spots, so. excuse me. Where were so we at? Going into the final week, it went uh, Beatles, Grant, myself, and that completely flipped upside down. You ended up with Beatles in eighth, me in seventh, and uh, Grant in sixth. So, I mean, we talked about it last week. Beatles with that brutal schedule just didn't get any easier, and he ran into a buzzsaw this week in uh, the number three seed, Little Lebowski. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was never really in question uh, as someone that was following this closely all week. Uh, Lil Lebowski stepped in the throat and never let up. Um, I mean, the, the, the one that was, it was tough and, and kudos to Grant. Like, am I annoyed with it? Yeah. Do I think my team's better than him? Yeah. I think my team's better than half the teams in the field, but what's that give me? It got me seventh place. So um, I will tip my hat to him. He did what he had to do. I mean, he beat a very game uh, Ryan Shaw this week and, and he, he did what he had to do and, and, you know, 
you got to tip your hat to him. But, you know, Shaw put up a fight all week. I want to say he led for for pretty much all of it up until maybe yesterday, I feel. Uh, I think what I see, uh, Grant's team had 15 RBIs yesterday to Shaw's one. Like, he just completely took advantage, had a big weekend. And, you know, like I said, got to tip my hat to him. Not thrilled about it, but what do you say? And this is kind of where we talk about head-to-head leagues, right? Uh, the, the matchups do make uh, a huge impact. You know, I would be honest, I would have ranked your teams, Beatles, you, Grant, but when it kind of came down to it on Sunday, because Beatles ran into Brendan's team playing very, very well, you know, even Saturday, it seemed like it was a, a two-horse race at that point. So and- I, I think that the the exciting part about head-to-head is, right, even if you have an, a, an okay week, you can win. It's it's a little bit different than Roto and that it's not this accumulation of stats. We touched in on the podcast earlier, a lot of those power metrics, most of the teams that deserve to be there are there, but that head-to-head component is huge. And when you play that team, right, uh, you know, playing Shaw, though he was game and, and, and put up a pretty good fight, playing Shaw right now compared to four weeks ago, completely different matchups and, you know, Grant's team. You know, give them credit. They got through. Um, yeah. The, the other, you, you mean, you talk head to head league and, and how important these things are. We, we've got 210 points at stake every year, 21 weeks. And I look back and I think to these weeks when maybe I was up like eight to two or something like that. And I'm like, screw it. I'm going to start all my starters on a Sunday. And you end up blowing whip or something like that. And all of a sudden you only win seven, three, those points matter every single week matters. So you know, you, you, you don't think of that when you're in week four or five or whatever. And, and you know, it comes back to bite you when it's down to it. Grant, Grant made it. I think he beat me by either half a game or one game. Vito, same thing. I think he was one and a half games out, maybe two. Um, every point matters. Yeah, I think it is important to note that it is Sunday night. Uh, the, the Dodgers-Giants game is still going on. Uh, our fat checkers have taken a look. Uh, looks like it's going to be tough for any of the standings to change. Um, we can't officially call this battle for Grant, but it's looking like Grant's going to push through in that sixth spot. Stranger things have happened, I suppose. Yes. Phantom sure. I mean, scored from 12 weeks ago or whatever it might be. Yeah, we had a situation earlier this week where a, a game that had started during the first week of the season was completed this week, uh, and we saw some some stats moving around the commish um, made his verdict and uh, which I thought was the, the correct decision. Um, and maybe let's, let's, let's go back to that. I, I know me and you had a side conversation about it, but I did think that that ultimately was the right decision. So just to, to lay it out, uh, there was a matchup in week one, literally the first inning had started between the Mets and Marlins, I believe. Yep. And um they suspended the game, and then this week they completed that game uh, with another game stacked up to it, uh, and we were starting to see that actual stats from that, that game that was getting completed were getting put on the, the prior, the, the week one matchups and actually shifting some of the wins there, so it was pretty crazy. Uh, going back to that, Jeff, do you think do you think Kamish made the right decision there? I do think he made the right decision. I mean, there was no precedent for it. Like, this was something – 
I mean, I just happened to look at it. I think that afternoon saw Jazz Chisholm had two stolen bases. Like, sweet, that'd be cool if these counted this week and just mentioned it. And, um, you know, commission ended up going back, doing what, uh, what he thought was right. And, and, you know, and with all due respect, I'm, I'm very like Grant made it. And I'm glad because like, I would have hated for this to become an ugly situation where, well, this is bull crap. If that would, have, you know, if I would have gotten those two points, I would have made it or whatever. So I'm kind of glad in that way that things worked out how it did. Um, no weird tension, anything like that. Um, someday we'll get Grant on this pod, maybe after he wins the league this year or something, and we'll, we'll get his opinion on that. But um, yeah, I am glad it worked out that way. Yeah, decisive decisions are helpful in these situations. You touched on it. You know, decisions that you made earlier in the month, earlier in the year, where you, you lost a half a point, you gained a half a point, it can really come down to some crucial accounting uh, when we're, there's, there's three teams that are separated by a half game that will ultimately decide who makes the playoffs. I, I did think it was interesting that during the week, you know, you, you, you kind of touch on the, the matchup strictly from a Grant U Vitals standpoint, uh, but there, there was some opportunity for some movement. Um, and the matchup I had, I was beating Guru by quite a bit. So that third seed was kind of in play for me. Sure. And then another interesting kind of twist this morning on Sunday, um, Bopes was in a matchup with uh, DPD uh, and DPD was handling to the point that Bopes actually dipped into that six seed for a moment. So even though we were kind of focused on that six seed who was ultimately getting in there, there was some seeding at play today. That was pretty exciting. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, you know, we kind of thought those first five spots were lock in and, DPD, man, what a last two weeks. He, he beat the tar out of Durst last week and then put the boots to Bobes back-to-back, uh, you know, top guys all year, playoff contenders. So, um, you know, it sounds stupid, but, like, you kind of get your guys at the end of the year. You got your keepers. They perform well. It kind of gets you excited for the next season. So, yeah, while also juggling uh, those, you know, playoff spots and jockeying for position in that, you also saw some excitement in that regard, I think, for some teams. Yeah, it was it was an exciting Sunday. Um, ultimately, um, the race hasn't been officially declared, uh, yeah. but it looks like looks like might Grant's happen during this pod. They're in the ninth inning of that Dodgers game, so we'll see probably if we get an update. Well, well you can put a bow on that uh, that last playoff invitation once it happens. So we kind of talked about the the matchups, right? You mm-hmm. were in a uh, you were in a really fierce battle with with jake's team uh looks like it's going to end uh, in a 5-4-1 you you winning that matchup but just That's right not i quite took enough, down jake not quite enough to get into the <laughs> into the playoffs uh Beatles runs into a buzzsaw uh, yep. brendan with a huge week uh solidified his number three seed uh while also potentially keeping Beatles out of the playoffs and then we had that matchup with with Grant and Shaw. Shaw being game, keeping it close for a while, and then Grant having a huge day yesterday from an offense standpoint, and then hanging on, accumulating enough points to get that 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 last playoff spot. Yeah. So this if, is what you want, man. This is what you wanted in the final week. Yeah. So fast forwarding, um, we'll have this week will be the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So in our, our league, 
Uh, six teams make it out of 14. Top two teams get a bye. Uh, and then it's a kind of a, a standard first round where the all swamp three, first round. Yep. Three seed <laughs> plays the six seed, four seed plays the five seed. So let's just kind of unveil a little bit on those matchups and let's go up to the top since, since Brendan and, and Grant are on the mine. Brendan's going to get locked into that three seed. Grant's going to face him as the six seed. What's your thoughts on that one? Yeah, so I kind of dug back and interesting enough, maybe it's not interesting, maybe this is how it should have been. Um, both of these teams, so Grant and Brendan, you and both, you guys both played in week four and week 17. And here we are with matchups, uh, again, repeating themselves. Um, Grant, back in week 17, beat Brendan 9-0-1. It's got to be Brendan's biggest loss of the year. I mean, you think of a three seed taking a thumping like that. Um, I mean, Grant's got to be excited going into this matchup. 14-5-1 against him on the year. Like I said, that more recent 901. I don't even remember that happening, but looking back at it, Grant Grant's got to feel pretty good going into this week. Yeah, I mean, there's there's hope, uh, right? <laughs> uh, chip in a chair, whatever analogy that you want to use. I, I will say, Brendan having the week that he did this week. Now, not all weeks are the same. Uh, you know, Brendan's team could hit a, you know, a a situation where they don't hit as well I, I do find it interesting that Brendan set up with basically both his aces having a two-start week he's got Scherzer and Woodruff on Monday which would lead me to mm. believe that they'll also get a second start during the week so uh, that lines up pretty well for Brendan uh, from a pitching standpoint he doesn't have a ton of starters at least at this point um, so he's usually kind of using the quality not quantity strategy mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that's going to bode well for him that he has kind of two of his elite pitchers potentially having two starts yeah that's huge if you're looking at those matchups especially you know playoff time pitching becomes so important and you kind of saw it this week too um, we had a couple starters pulled for COVID things like that um, as you know and just baseball in general there's some things going on with teams that you know you lose one start in a week all of a sudden you know that's a huge disadvantage especially if it's after Monday you can't pick someone up um, what do you do? So yeah, I'm definitely pitching, you know, is definitely going to play a huge role in these playoffs, especially the healthy guys. And, and Brendan's looking to be, you know, coming in with those two start guys. So yeah, I am, I'm going to go ahead and say advantage Brendan, but Grant's been the uh, little engine that could here since the deadline. So, you know, anything can happen. I think another key point to make too, is Brendan, finally got Mondesi back too. And he actually had a mm. pretty solid week four stolen bake four stolen bases this week as well. So the pitching lines up, he's relatively healthy. Uh, Lucas Giolito did go on the IL. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if, if he makes his way back this week, or if that's going to be an asset that would be in play later in the playoffs, if Brendan advances. Um, but, but I would tend to agree with you that, uh, you know, how Brendan's pitching stacks up the week that he had this week. Uh, I, I think he's in a really good spot to uh, to kind of flex his uh, number three seed muscle and, and potentially give uh, give Grant a handful this week. So we're both feeling Brendan. But then again, I don't know. Stranger things have happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's <laughs> he he made some, you know, when I'm talking about Grant, he made some deals, uh, you know, that looked more on a seller type basis. So. I don't think his team's as fully loaded 
as some of the other teams in the playoffs, but he's got an active lineup. You know, we got to play the games. He's got a chance. Uh, all right. So do we want to, I mean, I know you're, you're involved in this matchup, but let, let's break it down. Uh, you versus votes that four versus five matchup. Uh, I alluded to earlier that, you know, week four, week 17, you guys both played. Um, doesn't get much more even than this. Uh, Kyle, I believe you are down nine, 10 and one on the season. Does that sound right? Kyle beat or Bopsy beat you seven to three in week 17. Yeah, I think I'll offer my initial thoughts, but you know, with me being in the matchup, I think we'll lean on you to get more your opinion on this. Sure. Um, I, I will say when I played him the first time, I felt like he had quite a few guys out. And then on the, the turn, when we played our second matchup, I was, uh, was pretty wounded, had a lot of guys out. Um, so I think it's kind of tough to decipher what those regular season matchups, if you really can partake a lot of information from that. I think it also, when we played the second time, one of his trades may have gone through, but for the most part, we, I wouldn't say we overhauled our team, but there are some, some key difference, difference makers on our teams. We're in a little bit different. Yeah, week, week 17 was mid deadline. So. Yeah. So I, I think that this is a pretty even matchup. I would say that was probably the person I didn't want to play the most based off of the matchups that were, you know, potentially possible at that moment where uh, he had dipped into the three seed and, or I was kind of challenging for that three seed. Um, not necessarily saying I was ducking him, uh, but it, it was in my mind better for my playoff outcomes if I had a little bit different opponent. And I like the fact that I'm the four seed. So uh, a tie does get me through um, from a, a team standpoint where I stand kind of got hit with some injuries this weekend. Uh, outfield's not been great for me all year. And I kind of had it going with uh, AJ Pollock and Connor Joe. Uh, we probably laugh as, at those two names being critical <laughs> to my team, but um they were kind of keeping me afloat. They were both playing really, really well and, you know, providing me production from the outfield that I've really been chasing all year. So that's going to hurt. And then I just saw that uh, Carlos Rodon isn't going to pitch this week as well too. So uh, I, I would say from a advantage standpoint, I, I would give him the advantage uh, in terms of, of team health. I, I know that he has uh, Zach Grinke, uh, was on the COVID IL. So, you know, what's his week going to look like as well as Lance Lynn missed a start. Sounds like he's going to get a start over the weekend as well too. So it's not like I'm the only one dealing with injuries and uncertainty going into that week. But uh, I, I would say just, you know, being brutally honest, I, I like his setup a little bit better than mine. Yeah. So classic four versus five matchup, two extremely, um, you know, even teams for the most part. Uh, he's got one less start, it looks like, than you going into the week. But like you said, there's some injuries and things like that that could shuffle the deck a little bit. Um, yeah, if I had to pick right now, I'd be saying Bopsy is probably going to advance. Uh, I, I like his arms. I trust his arms more than your team's. Um, I think it'll be a somewhat close matchup. I don't see anyone winning by more than like a 6-3-1 type of thing. Um, the other thing to kind of kind of make a uh, 
a note of is, you know, like he, I think he's got a couple, you know, by, or uh, missed games or whatever on Thursday. Uh, not a full schedule. You do too, but um, waivers. Will waivers play a role? Will someone pick up that extra start? Will somebody uh, do something, you know, to 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 shore up maybe some of their shortcomings here for the matchup this week? Uh, I, I always think that plays a factor. People want to save some money, maybe a little bit. Uh, put that into account for later on if an injury comes up. So, yeah, I'm going to give Bobsey the advantage, but like I said, it's going to be a close one. I think our teams are kind of mere images of each other as well, too, in that we don't have that traditional Mike Trout, Ronald Acuna, Fernando Mm -hmm. Tatis Jr. Um, I, I don't think that either of us have one of those guys that are just like, wow, that guy can change the complete dynamics of a week with a huge week. Um, But we also have just some really solid guys. So depending on if they're pitchers, if they're starting twice, or, you know, if those guys are healthy, or maybe they play seven games compared to, you know, my number one guys, five games, it it will be interesting. I I think this will be definitely a dogfight. And I think that it might come down to Jeff, just like those ancillary players you know, making an impact, you know, is it a Patrick wisdom that, that, that hits a big home run? Is it a, you know, a Brandon belt for me? I, I think that those are going to be the key factors in which of these teams advances that, you know, does one of those, those ancillary pieces just have a big week. Uh, looking ahead, you too. One thing that's nice, three starts on Sunday lined up. Um, can you sit those guys? Can you pick your spots? Like, do you have an advantage? That That's definitely, I think, something that's key, especially this year with being able to uh, set your lineups the day of or yeah, up to the game time, I guess. And we've never, we've, we've never had that. And uh, the prior rules in our league, uh, the first game that started, you had to have your entire lineup locked. Uh, it is a daily league, but the fact that, you know, you have an early game, if you lock your lineups, uh, you, you can't make changes. So you have to kind of decide what, what your strategy is going to be for that day. Now in this playoff, you can decide what you want to do on an hour to hour basis. So yeah. it's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, you mentioned that uh, all four teams hail from the five, two, seven, three, two. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, it, it's a complete swamp filled fest for the, the first round. And we have, uh, you know, two eager beavers waiting for us in the number one seed, Durst, and the number two seed, Jake. So um, judging by you, it would sound like if you were Durst and Jake, you would prefer that me and Grant advance. Is that is that fair? Yep, that, that's how I would look at it. I, I, I mean – We'll never know. We didn't ask Jake this on our interview. We didn't ask Durst last week, but um, yeah, I don't know. Just looking at it, that, that's who I'd prefer to play if I was fortunate enough to be in these playoffs. So going back to that, Graves, I, I know you had a rough week. This is an open forum, right? It's recorded <laughs> for friends, family, you know, do you have anything that you want to end tonight's podcast with? You know, where are you at? What's your thoughts? Why don't you break down your season uh, as it currently sits? Listen, no, no one wants to hear about my season. No one wants to hear about my woe is me's. 
Uh, so I'm not going to waste quality audio time with that. But uh, yeah, felt I was one of the, the best six teams. Unfortunately, didn't make it. Um, there's nothing worse than being seventh or eighth. Uh, let me be, I, I'd rather be in Vandertai's position right now in a spot where you could have sold, you could have gotten them prime keepers. I chose to go for it. It blew up in my face. Um, the one thing that I can go to bed with satisfied tonight is knowing that nothing I did blew up in my face the way that getting Mike Trout did for Bottle Zaheen, uh, Mr. Jensen himself. Uh, just what a pathetic stretch for him down the wire. I think at the deadline he was in fourth or fifth place, and I think he might fall down to 12. Uh, so at least I can rest easy knowing that uh, I didn't go five, 33, and two down the stretch. So I got that going for me. <laughs> well, uh, it should be an exciting finish. Uh, we have the first round happening here uh, starting tomorrow. Uh, some, some solid matchups. Brennan's got some good pitchers going. Um, I would say that the, the bulk of, of me and Bopes' matchup is going to happen midweek uh, with some opportunities on Sunday. And I, I think it's it's going to be a, a really fun matchup. I think you've got a lot of the teams that made moves prior to uh, the deadline, hopefully sharpened some, some edges, filled some holes, uh, you know, made their teams a little bit more competitive. I think most of the teams in the playoff did that. Um, I think some of the teams that were left out of the playoffs didn't. Uh, and, and I'm not pointing at you, but I, I do think it's interesting that, uh, you know, Vitals, we mentioned the, we, we mentioned the matchups. Uh, we mentioned some of the tough health that he had, but I, I just wonder if he potentially would have made a couple moves at the deadline. Uh, you know, things would have been different for him. Uh, he, he faced a buzzsaw and Brendan, I don't know how, he would have fared whether he would have done a deal or not, but, you know, some of those matchups, you know, the, the month prior, you know, could he picked up a few games if he would have maybe stretched himself and then made a move beyond trading Tatis to, you know, some of those other keepers, could he have made his team a little bit stronger? Those are the things that are going to keep you awake during these cold winter nights, uh, thinking about what could have been. So yeah, never know. Well, um, again, I, I hit it at the beginning. Happy Labor Day to all our wonderful, loyal subscribers. Uh, we appreciate the input. Uh, we appreciate the patronage, uh, you know, stopping by and, and hanging out with Veans and Gravy. Uh, we will be back uh, next week to break down a little bit more of the playoffs. Uh, I want to send my condolences to you, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> Sorry that you missed the playoffs, but now you can be an able body watcher, uh, armchair quarterback. You can really dive into these playoffs uh, with, with no consequences whatsoever, and you can just clown us as we make terrible, terrible decisions. Hey, I got $7 of, or $9 of, or no, $7, $7 of uh, fab money, three weeks to spend it. I'm going to worry about that right now. All right. Best of luck on your waiver wire strategy. Uh, we'll see the fruits of said labor uh, on Tuesday morning. So good luck with that. And good luck with all of the uh, remaining playoff teams. It's going to be a battle. Hey, best of luck to you too. All right. Take care of you. Joining us today 
on the J&D Steakhouse sizzling hot take line. It is a man who rules the roost when it comes to Moneyball. Uh, someone we didn't know initially brought us a fantastic idea. There's a little bit of politics involved getting everyone comfortable with it, but we now know this person to be our commissioner of Moneyball. Someone who's done a fantastic job from a competition standpoint and honestly, administratively and, and ruling uh, this bunch of knuckleheads. Just a guy we love, someone we trust, someone who keeps us in line, the commish, Jake Anderson. How are you, Jake? I am doing well. How are you guys? Good. Great. So, uh, Jake, let me ask you here. Just uh, locked up your, what would it be, your seventh buy of all time? locking down the two seed um joined me in uh the nine timers club i guess i don't know for the playoff trips uh what was your strategy going into this year did you have anything laid out like covid things like that in line did you have anything any plans i did have plans and uh as is the case usually with this league they all um went up in flames very quickly so <laughs> um this was this was a year where i had horrendous keepers i knew it going in and so my basic strategy was to restock my keepers. So you might have noticed throughout the year, I had a lot of uh, rookies on my team. I was trying to uh, get a lottery ticket and just have that like Kelnick, Jaron Duran, all, all these guys throughout the year. And none of them panned out. <laughs> and, so, so, and so I just kept picking up... Uh, you know, other like whatever bench guys and whatever, and just kept chipping away till I finally got something, uh, got something going. But yeah, um, the best laid plans, you know, did not come to fruition the way I thought it would. So something I've picked up, Jake, and I'm interested to get your kind of thoughts on this. Uh, me and Jake, or excuse me, me and Jeff in the prior podcast, we really talked about playoff legacies and, and something that always struck me as something pretty phenomenal and Jeff mentioned it you've gotten your seventh buy going into the season do you really push to get that buy it seems like you know just observing your your teams usually you're getting a buy or you know maybe the season didn't work out and, and you're reloading is that something that you consciously do or does it just happen that I've always had some good teams I'm getting a buy I'm just always trying to make the playoffs I would say I would say, yes. I mean, I'm always trying to get a buy. I think probably you would say everybody is, but I do feel like if I, I do feel like if I'm on that bubble, I, uh, I will assess my team and say, is this a team that could actually win it and make that decision to say like, should I try to restock for next year versus going for the buy? But like, I definitely, even though it hasn't always worked out where I'm winning it from the buy position, I just feel like that first round, like getting that out of the way and like, okay, we're already just one game away from the championship. Um, like, like this week I was sweating it out with Graves for the buy because I, that's what I, that was in my mind is like, you know, getting that is so much more important than, I don't know, like being third versus second is a huge difference in my mind. So um, looking at your team now, like I'm going to go back to draft day a little bit. Um, it looks like you spent some money on closers in the draft, but pitching might not have necessarily been such a priority for you. 
Um, would you say that was a focus going into the draft was uh, loading up on offense maybe? Yeah, definitely. Like, like I said, I mean, my clo- or my keepers were very weak, you know, pretty much across the board. And Keiston Hira might go down as one of the worst keepers ever, uh, having to eat that salary all year long <laughs> while he's in the minors. Um, and so I, w- I was definitely trying to put together a good offense, be stingy on pitching, and hope for the best. And, um, you know, ironically, for the first half of the year, my pitching was outstanding. Mm-hmm. And my hitting was just so-so. And then um, I think everyone sort of regressed to the mean. So my hitting, who should have been pretty good, started to pick it up. And my pitching, which should have been really bad, started to suck. And so you can start to see the stats, like in the, the season stats, start to go back the opposite way. Whereas I think for the first, I don't know, month or two, I had the best ERA and whip in the league and the most K's or so it was, it was crazy. But then of course, you know, one by one, everyone started to come back down to earth, but yeah, I definitely focused on hitting in this year's draft. So you, you, you mentioned um, kind of taking a look there. Like my team was, you know, this with ERA, this with whip, is that something you're keeping an eye on? Like, is that something where you're like, okay, I'm really struggling in runs. Let me go out and try to trade for somebody to get some runs. Um. At times, I would say, like, I do watch the season stats a lot, but more so just from a standpoint of you look at the records and then, like, whose team are, whose teams are actually good and how am I doing in a category, you know, kind of compared to the league. So I do look at it a decent amount, but how much I can do about it is kind of limited because this year I made probably more trades than I normally do outside of the trade deadline. So... So, uh, but normally I'm, I'm just like looking at the waiver wire and, uh, looking for guys and to find people to like, say, okay, I'm down in RBI. Who do you pick up off the waiver wire? Who's going to give you a lot of RBI? It's, it's usually not that easy, right? Like for certain things, steals, maybe there's like a steals guy out there, but I definitely keep track of those season stats, uh, just because I'm curious how my team's stacking up big picture as well as like the actual win loss record. Jake, what would you say is your, your best move that you made, whether it's trade, you know, waiver wire, was it something you did in the draft? What's something that you did this season that you're like, I wouldn't be where I'm at unless I made that move. Jake, don't answer this with me here, especially if it's related to uh, Kevin Gosman. Oh man. You know, guys, <laughs> there was two turning points in my season. The first was the, uh, the Gaussman trade. Damn it. And uh, I mean, that, that, I mean, that one panned out really well for the, for the majority of the year, he's kind of struggled down the stretch here, but I mean, I wouldn't be where I was, where I am without his solid pitching, but there's a, another overlooked trade that really gave me a boost in the middle of the year, which was uh, Hanniger for Nate Lowe. Um, and, and having Hanniger like in that, I needed an outfielder. I needed RBIs. I needed power. And, it, and he, he, at the middle of the season, was doing great. Again, another guy who's sort of uh, slowed down the stretch here. But those are the two that I think – and like I said, I'm not someone who would normally make a lot of trades in the – call it the regular season, or especially before the season starts, and uh, doing that this year. And I think it was almost sort of out of – I don't know if you call it desperation, but just like – 
uh, knowing what I had at the beginning of the year and knowing that uh, my keepers weren't good enough to, to put me in like, okay, I'm already one of the best teams out of the gate. I wanted to try to change things around and see if I could make some moves. Yeah, the, the two guys you mentioned, I mean, Hanniger's three bucks, I think Gausman's two. That's two guys you might be holding on to next year. Yeah, I would definitely, I mean, they're definitely in that conversation. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're having discussions with their agents on what that might look like. And yeah, yeah, we hope to have them both back. So as of right now, playoffs are almost 100% set, I believe. Um, like I said, you got the two seed earlier. Um, Grant unexpectedly grabbing the six seed out of the clutches of me and Vitals. Um, how are you feeling going into the playoffs? Is there anyone you're particularly uh, not fond of wanting to play in that second round? Oh, man. You know, I'll, I'll say this. Um, Grant is somebody I never want to play. I, I don't know what it is. He's got some sort of uh, voodoo going <laughs> on that, like, I don't know. I, I, I heard on a previous podcast he has the worst all-time playoff record, so maybe that's in my favor. But, you know, I think both teams, if it, if it plays out the way it's looking, where it's Lebowski and uh, Bearcockfish, I think either of those is a tough matchup. Honestly, this year, the playoffs are pretty even. And I would even say, like, uh, you know, if we, if we were in June, um, I would say, like, well, Durst is obviously going to win it all. And although I'd still say he's the favorite, I feel like now some teams have a chance. Uh, some stuff like some some players have kind of slowed down on his team, but it could just be that they're they're resting and then they're they're going to uh, going to dominate again. But um, the person who owns me in the playoffs, like historically, is Durst. He 10 owed me one time oh my. for like a third and fourth place game. And uh, I mean, I wouldn't play him in the like it, it would be the championship if we played. But uh that guy, he, he broke my heart with that year. He came with the crazy year with the six seed. <laughs> and uh, ever since then, like he just owns me in the playoffs. So yeah, I I'm, I'm would hope to get to the championship and I, you know, he has a decent chance of being there obviously, but man, that that's a team I don't want to play just because I mean, he owns me in in the playoffs. We, we would take a, Yeah. So hopefully uh, one of the other teams can just knock him out and we'll call it a day. Jake, I feel remiss to ask. We're, we're, we're a long way into our interview with you and the name Craig has not <laughs> to, to utter out of anyone's mouth yet. So I feel I'm obliged to ask you um, and, and we'll do it in a fun way. So obviously you're in the playoffs. How does, how does your, and you don't have to give any of your secret sauce or anything, but and you can even talk about it kind of from a, a ritual, you know, what you do watching games, et cetera. But, you know, what do you and Craig do, you know, during the playoffs uh, that, that's maybe a little bit different than uh, a regular season matchup? That's interesting. Uh, so Craig, Craig is a uh, sort of an off season, you know, friend and, and, uh, and when in season moves, Craig's not doing much. Um, and so, so like for the playoffs, he's just, he's just enjoying it as a spectator and there's a lot of, um, surprisingly, maybe there's a lot of like gut feel that goes on for me in the playoffs or in like any given matchup. 
during the during the year where um i'll do things like uh you know bench a player who's like maybe an everyday guy for a guy who's been hot the last two games and i'm like mm-hmm. well let's like let's just assume that'll keep going which makes no sense like if you like rationally it doesn't make sense but um yeah so craig kind of takes a back seat during the uh once the season starts um it's more of a like getting ready for auction and during the auction kind of process thing. It takes a lot of work to update it. That's probably part of it too. So, so it take a lot of work to keep that up to date, you know, week in and week out. Well, it's good. It's good to know Craig can't function without you updating it. So he hasn't, <laughs> the AI hasn't completely taken over yet. That's yeah, exactly. That's exactly. A good um, so I kind of mentioned this with uh, Durst last week in our interview. Um, if it is, does come down to you and him in the finals, I mean, this is our top two GMs here. Do you think it's kind of a battle for, for the GOAT status? Do you see it that way? I, I mean, yeah. I, I would say, like, look, if, you, um, if he wins his fourth, whether it's over me or whether it's, you know, over somebody else, I mean, I think you got you to gotta look at that and go, like, you know, that, that is – a um that's impressive obviously and like then what what else are you looking at to say that someone else is better you know what i mean like four championships now i mean you could look at some of the maybe overtime like record and stuff like that but i mean i feel like uh i feel like i don't don't know what to say I, i i do think that it it would be hard for me to sit here and go, yeah, well, that's nice and all you have four championships, but like I had seven first round buys or whatever the stat is. Right. Sure. And sure. like, so it just, yeah, it feels like, um, it feels like other than the asterisk next to last year's season, which Durst said would have to be there. He established that at the beginning of the year. I do remember that. He actually said it shouldn't even count now that I think about it. So he would tie me for three if he won this year and then you got to have that conversation. So, yeah, I think that that's only fair. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll put a bow on this interview and give you one last parting shot. Um, you know, call your shot. Do you think you're going to get it done this year? What's your prediction? This is a, um, it, this is like stepping outside of myself and saying like, uh, you know, I have a good team. I have a shot at it. But if you said to me, like, as a spectator, and I would say, who, who do I think actually could win this, um, the dark horse, I put it on dress barn. So like dress barn has been playing incredibly well, quietly, like, you know, and, um, if you look at that team, it's a type of team that could give anybody trouble. And so if you give me my, the dark horse pick for me is dress barn, but of course I think I'm going to win, like putting myself in my team's shoes. Like I like to hear that. Yeah. We've got a, we've got a, uh, like I've got a team that can compete with any team, but I mean, in the playoffs, just crazy things happen, you know? And so um, I'm hoping that, you know, one of my guys is the guy who just gets hot and just can't be stopped. So that's that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I think we're gonna do. 
um, have a week to rest everybody, get ready, <laughs> and kind of see who uh, see who emerges from the the Lebowski Grant battle, assuming that that's how it finishes. Yeah, I, I hope your team doesn't dwell too much on that week twenty one loss to uh, Chico Bailbound. So, uh, yeah, don't don't focus on that. Focus on the future, and and I am rooting for you. Big fan of the goat. So, maintain your status. All right, I'll do my best. Well, Beans and Gravy appreciates you uh, hopping on and giving us a little insights on your take on this league. Um, we know the commish is very, very busy uh, in his endeavors, both with his uh, the league and his other things going on in his life. So we really appreciate your time to Jake. Time tonight, Jake. Best of luck. And uh, who knows? You know, we got to interview the winner. So maybe we'll be talking to you soon. Great. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Best of luck, Jake. Thanks for everything. Hope everyone enjoyed this week's episode of Beans and Gravy. Hope everyone's having a safe and wonderful Labor Day. If you like the content from tonight, rate, review, and subscribe. Join us in the coming weeks for more playoff breakdowns, special guests, and always remember to keep banging.